Welcome to the Ausländer. So, welcome to this very special episode of the Ausländer. My name is Frank Albersmann and my special guest today is none other than the wonderful, your usual host, Mark Alcobetayo. <laughs> hey, <laughs> crazy to be doing this from the other side, but yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I think it was needed to do it also as, as a person who is also a foreigner, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we all want to know a bit more about you and your, uh, yeah, your whole journey here to mm -hmm. Germany. And yeah. Yeah, it's also very freaky for me because I'm just a German. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I mean, like for all the audience, that was a perfect excuse to put Frank into the podcast because he's one of a good friend over here in Frankfurt. So it was a perfect way of including him into the podcast project. Yeah. Classic Even if inclusion. it was just putting him to <laughs> <laughs> to the other role of uh <laughs> yes of making the host for me. So yeah, that's that's cool. I'm really happy also from my side to to do it from the other side. So yeah, thanks a lot for having me, having you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yes. Um I think we might start with with a question, just um, where do you actually come from and what brought you to Germany? Yeah, <clears throat> so the funny thing is that r right now when this episode uh, uh, will be released, I will not be in Germany anymore, uh, I will be in Greece, in Athens, mm -hmm. so um, I suppose there will be a need of another episode at some point of time so uh, where I can explain my experience moving from Germany to Greece but for the moment let's focus on Germany um, yeah so I, I'm originally from Barcelona actually close by to Barcelona from, from Sabadell which is a, a city close by um, and mainly the thing is that I, I, I got a job opportunity here so I, I just came um with a job, which is a security that, that a lot of people doesn't have. And to be honest, it's something that was cool. And on the other hand, I had someone already here in Frankfurt that I knew from Barcelona. I was coming with another colleague who also get this uh, job close by to my position. So yeah, my moving was rather simple in that, in that sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, of course, all movings and everything, it's a difficulty, but To be honest, for me, was was a great opportunity uh, in terms of curriculum, in terms of salary, of course, also. And in the other hand, also like um, experience-wise, I always wanted to go out of uh, Spain at some point of time and Catalonia. And yeah, I mean, it was there the opportunity. Mm, I didn't took the opportunity to do Erasmus at that point of time. I don't know why. Uh, multiple reasons I suppose um, but I always had this kind of like feeling of uh, I want to live somewhere else at some point of time somewhere like I don't care where um, and during the studies I didn't do it I mean I, I was with doing at least these kind of exchanges once one month there one month here um, <clears throat> being for some time in, in the United States when I was uh, seven years old but nothing like moving your home no like this kind of feeling of mm. 
Uh, now I have here, like uh, I have my flat and uh, we live here with, with Catherine, with my partner. And this, it's the same sensation that I used to have with my flat in Barcelona, for example. Mm. Uh, and that's the first time that I have it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So how long is it ago that you moved here? So now will be three years. No, a little bit more than three years. I came on 2018. It's 2021 now, so nearly three years and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. So um, now we know where you come from. And now I want to know a little bit about the drinks we're having today. <laughs> yeah, I, I prepared a little bit of a special selection, let's say like this. Actually, um, so classical beer from, from Catalonia, we are drinking Estrella. Um, I would like to be drinking Estrella Galicia, which is a variation of Estrella Dam, the classical one, uh, which is typical from the north of Spain. Mm -hmm. I like it a little bit more, but here in Germany, it's nearly impossible to find it. Okay. So <clears throat> um, I went for the classical uh, Estrella Galicia, uh, Estrella Dam. And yeah, the other thing, it's a rather special drink. Um, uh, it's called Ratafia, and this is a traditional really really traditional drink from from catalonia especially from the north uh, of catalonia and yeah it's a herbal liquor um which yeah mainly you can only find there and even in sometimes like in cities like barcelona and these places it's difficult to find so actually what we are drinking right now was a present from my grandpa's uh they sent it for my birthday uh, with a box uh, from 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 Catalonia, so it's not easy to find this. And yeah, mm. so I would say we we give it a try. And by the way, yeah. it would be lovely if you could see um, how this is uh, <laughs> disproportionate at the moment because Mark is having like a huge glass of it, <laughs> and I'm to to stay a bit more sober because I'm the host of the show today. Uh, just have a very small one, but we will see where this leads. That so uh, salut salut. I mean, I have a big one because I know it and I know how dangerous it is. So I think the last time that I give it to you, you were like, oh, okay, it's cool, but yes. there's a shot thing. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, this is why I give a small one. Um, so did it escalate that night? I don't remember. To be no, 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 it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, it was rather a, a tranquility night. So for the German um, persons that are listening to this podcast, Ratafia in Catalonia, it's well the, what we call the Jägermeister, mm. but well done. Yeah, so, definitely. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, better, it's a no? black liquor that looks like Jägermeister, but it tastes like 300 times better than that shit. But it still tastes like Jägermeister, but better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has much more herbs yeah. than Jägermeister, actually. So I suppose it comes a little bit more tasty, mm -hmm. but it's dangerous. It's, it's a really dangerous oh, yeah. liquor. So yeah, so I will switch to the beer again. So salute again. Salute. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Mark and I have a history of uh, enjoying alcoholic beverages together. Um, and mainly beer. I mean, mainly, mainly let's, beer, yeah. let's not <laughs> pretend that we are excusing in here. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Some whiskeys. Yeah. Some whiskeys, yeah. yeah. True. But yeah, mostly beer and sometimes wine. I think. Yeah. I mean, when it's dinner or something like this, yeah. but if we go like for pub or anything, like yeah. rather. I, I think, yeah, we just really agree on 
having beers. Uh, Which is a different, it's a difficult thing to not do here in Germany. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, what is it like uh, in Catalonia, um, the beer culture? I mean, we have a beer culture and we, we, we like to, to drink beer mm. in a general way, actually. So the differ the main difference, mainly it's the quantity of different beers that you have, like in terms of normal production bottles. Mm. Of course, we have the craft beers in Barcelona. And if you are into it, you can really go deep. But in a commercial level, um, we mainly have like five to six brands, uh, two or three of them from Catalonia and then three others from Spain or something like this. Um, and yeah, I will not say names because nobody's paying for it. Uh, <laughs> um, but the main difference also is the size. So we normally have a 33 centiliters of beer while here your normal bottles are 0.5. So um, also it's a little bit cheaper, I would say but also it's smaller, so I think mm. it makes sense. So normally we buy a beer between one euro to one euro fifty in okay. bar in a bar. Oh, right. That's but cheap. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the bar. So mm. if you know the bar where to go, normally it's one euro, one beer. Yeah. Um, in the more cheap bars or like not that cheap, uh, then it's just like one euro, 52 euros. But of course you are having a beer of... 33 centiliters mm. it's not a, a 0.5 which I find it normal like here I think the normal price in, in restaurants is like um, 3 euros 2 euros 53 yeah. euros in bars on, but it's a 0.5 so it's the double price so I find it quite normal to be honest uh, yeah. well it depends here in Frankfurt um, I think it's, it's changed a little bit it's gotten more expensive lately but yeah, in the end I mean it's what it is yeah yeah, yeah definitely I mean I suppose one of the main difference when it comes to, to drinking, it's more related to, to the wine culture. Mm. I suppose here, like in Germany, I've, I've felt that like the uh, red wines are not arriving to the level of other countries, mm. especially. Then yeah. there is some white wines which are performing quite well. Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of Riesling itself because of uh, acidity and everything. But... Um, Grauburgunder yeah. or Weißburgunder. I think there is a, a capacity of, of white wine, which is quite nice. Even with that, there is not a cultural thing around wine in the sense of what we have in Spain or it yeah. could happen in Italy or, or France that there is a wine bar that you go there and you grab. Yeah. I, I would contradict, actually. Uh, I think there are certain areas in Germany, certain regions where there is more of this yeah definitely i mean if you want to mm. mosul or um like the areas of the vineyards in there mm. you can go to the place where they do the wine but what i'm meaning it's just mm. like a, um, finding a good wine place for example in frankfurt or a good wine place in berlin mm -hmm. it's much more complicated than in barcelona for example yeah um in barcelona you can go around and the majority of places even the bars and restaurants has rather good wines mm. While in here, um, you cannot go to a normal bar and ask for a wine and expect that that wine it's good. Okay, yeah, I think that that's right, that's yeah. what I meant. Not not that there is no culture. Mm. It, I mean, I know that there is a lot of uh, vineyards in in mm. here, which is cool, but they they don't exploit it as as much as, as we do. I see. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, the beer culture, the beer culture is definitely uh, more um, established here in Germany. Oh. <laughs> like Carlotta said on the first episode, I think uh, it yeah. was like all the cereal derivated from the cereals <laughs> in this country are doing well. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's right. Plus potatoes. Plus potatoes. <laughs> That's always important. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, when you came here to Germany, um, what were the, the the strangest encounters that you had? So, what really um, freaked you out as uh, as a cultural shock or something like this? So, yeah, I mean, strange in sense of that. T to be honest, in, in a social way and on all of that, I was when I came here. My first job, all the majority of my team were were from not German, so from other countries and quite an expat group of friends and everyone was from here and there. I suppose there is two things that surprise me, like in terms of that, one it's a more silly and the other it goes a little bit more more like political in this sense. First of all, it's... Um, I, I will start with the silly one, so we can just skip that one. And it's that I, I used to play futsal, so indoor football in, in, in Spain for quite a lot of years, and I, I really like it. And to be honest, I was expecting to come here and play futsal also, and mm. it rather find some team easily because, I mean, in Catalonia we have a lot of leagues uh, yeah. of futsal. And in Spain also, in Italy, and Greece also they have... Um, And when I came here, I just discovered that there is only regional league and a league below the regional league, so only two leagues on, on the region of Hessen. Mm -hmm. And that they were building the Bundesliga, so the national league that year that I arrived there. And I was like, I don't understand it, to be honest, because I'm coming to a country where it rains much more than in Spain, for example, <laughs> or in Catalonia, or in Italy, like... yeah. And we have sun all the time and sometimes it gets really warm to play mm. indoor like also. Yeah. And here there is no culture of indoor football and um and that was surprising because come on with the weather, temperature, rain conditions that you have here, plus having the, the thing that you already have the, the fields for indoor football, which is exactly the same as humble. Mm -hmm. Um There is no culture about it. So I was just like freaking out about it a little bit. Um, second one, which was more political, it's um, so I, I've tried to be involved always in, in political movements during mm -hmm. my life. And when I came here to Frankfurt, I knew because of a, a social media channel, whatever, that there was a, a feminist group. Uh, meeting at one club uh, bar in the center and I decided to go there to to introduce myself and see if I could enter some some kind of a, a circle social circle and mm. close to my to my believings on, on on politics itself and yeah the surprise of that was that um, there was no single man in there like they all they all were women um, white all of them mm-hmm Uh, quite old, to be honest, and I was not accepted. I was not received into the, into the group, so I okay. tried to explain them that I was also feminist and and that. And they told me that uh, that they didn't want uh, I 
me and just like I can completely understand uh non mixed group. Yeah. Like for example, if it will be that, but in that case it was not supposed to be that. It was just that they were first of all like maybe not speaking that well English. So I suppose it was also one of the conditions. But it was shocking for me to from coming from Barcelona where rather the ambient on, on the left movements are um cross gender uh mm, cross ethnics yeah. let's say like this um and especially rather young i would say yeah it's much more in the society and also yes. in the young society exactly from what you told me and and here i was surprised to be honest that the, the feminist movement was rather like an old white uh, so the the conception of a feminism in germany switched uh, drastically to be honest mm. from that day I mean, of course, it didn't stop me from being feminist itself. It just stopped me to establish a group, uh, yeah. which I, I need to accept that afterwards through other channels and, and through Philip, uh, who was also interviewed. Uh, I end being in, a, in the Rotterstand, which is a, a group here mm -hmm. which organizes uh, like different sports and activities and everything. And, and in there, I start feeling like uh, that there was young people also involved in politics in this country. Yeah. Right, but it's true that um, it seems like exactly, uh, especially that topic, is uh, much more prominent in in Barcelona than here in Germany. Well, it might be different in Berlin. I think that is also a different story there. But still, from what you have told me already, um, it seems to be much more natural to be a political person. Um, yeah, I yeah. think so. I think there is a, uh, and I cannot talk for, for, for all Catalonia at the end. It's just like, I, I know it from Sabadell, I know it from a lot of places in Catalonia, and there is a strong uh, political community dependent on the students, depending on um, uh, young people mainly. And, And I think it's nice because mm. this is uh, the opposite of letting uh, the politics only to old uh, parties and old uh, style persons who has mentalities uh, in our case in our case close to the dictatorship of Franco. So um, it's important. Um, I have the feeling that here in Germany, also the the, the, the whole history of Germany tended to. Uh, the people to try to avoid certain topics in terms of, of uh, politics. Mm -hmm. And this ended into uh, rather good, let's say, for some years, rather good um, historical like changes in laws and, and making a step that, for example, Spain hasn't done at all in terms of uh, rights of the people or trying to find uh, victims of, of the dictatorship and all this stuff that Germany has done a little bit more, like in mm. terms of concentration of the, their own citizens. Yeah. But it arrived to the point that this concentration has bring the people to not wanting to talk about politics at all. Mm. So... If your parents doesn't speak to, uh, to you about politics, uh, if your environment doesn't talk about politics with you, how you end being political, it's absolutely impossible. Like politics, the, the basic of politics is debate. And and the basic of politics is uh, that 
that there is a discussion uh, around something because if not it transforms directly into into, <laughs> into a dictatorship itself no someone says something and everyone does what this person does so once or or it says um I'm not saying that the German uh, society is a dictatorship. Yeah? Uh, it sounded <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just meaning that that in here, uh, some factors made that the society put a distance between mm. their or, or or are having political consciousness in, interiorly, but they will not discuss it in public like we do in Barcelona, that we speak that in the squares. And if someone uh, has a different opinion, we discuss it there you know like yeah. in public in front of everyone yeah would you say that we have uh, a, a very different um way of discussing mm. stuff like that like their politics i mean uh we just uh went into that topic a lot and uh i, I would be really interested uh in seeing how um did you try to use your discussion skills politically Uh, here in Germany with your friends or with the people you got to know or do you did you actually just be, uh, become another German in a no way? definitely not I mean <laughs> I, I'm a person who who has strong beliefs and I, sometimes uh, people tell me okay whatever just like I mean at the end I don't try to impose my beliefs but if I defend something I will defend it um, no I don't avoid Conflict. So, if I see a discussion that it's rather going into a masculism or racism or everything, mm. I, I would put my point of view on the table and and continue doing as I was doing in 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 Barcelona because I feel that I mean it's part of me mm. and. I, I cannot stop. First, I cannot stop talking because I love talking. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good for this interview, I think. <laughs> uh, second of all, I think I, I, I think politics is everywhere. Yeah. So I, I really believe that. The only thing that can avoid politics or the only thing that it's in there, it's in interpersonal relationships. Meaning until in, inside of certain boundaries, like, Mm, I can sit down with someone who has an, a different opinion on certain topics, mm -hmm. politically wise. If you're a fucking Nazi, mm, I will never sit in a table with you. If you're a fucking fascist, same way. If you're a fucking masculist, the same mm -hmm. way. I will not sit because there is nothing to discuss with you. Like, <laughs> I, I don't believe there is like a, a certain, uh, like, um, pattern of yeah. uh, changing people in a in a or that we should embrace a society that everyone could have their opinion in terms of being racist for example and that's some, something that it's outside of the boundaries because this stupid mentality of oh it's a uh, freedom of speech yes the, the 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 fucking racism and fascism is exactly prohibiting the freedom of speech so it's <laughs> it's a no 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 like yeah. a condition of contradicting a, yeah a, the, the problem is i think that there is just not the same foundation on which you would put a discussion. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, the, the sense of a discussion is that you will um, find uh, something higher than your original position mm -hmm. just by uh, getting together. Definitely. And um, if someone is not willing to actually accept that you have a different opinion or that you are mm -hmm. somebody else uh, than their ideal 
uh, then it will be hard to to yeah to talk to that person without actually uh, yeah completely being frustrated in the end. I mean, putting it from a from a perspective of, of being a political person. If, mm. <laughs> I mean, personally, being a, a person who believes in socialism, uh, if I would be strict about only talking with socialist people, mm. <laughs> um, we will not be here, most probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because half of the people that I interview here maybe they don't share the economical mm. perspective that I have, or they don't share the territorial perspective that I have like independence of Catalonia it's a topic that it's uh, always condensed in, 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 in a lot of like places in Spain I have friends who are not independentist and I, I respect them as 100% mm. what for me it's, it's being uh, blind or close to the, the fascist uh, that we criticize that much it's just being op like purely saying uh, I'm independentist, I only want independentist people around mm. me. Because that's exactly the same thing that drives us to control of media, for yeah. example. Only reading the newspapers that says whatever you want you yeah, to, to, to read, then you are always happy because uh, from their perspective it's always, or you are always sad in this case, uh, because everything is it's yeah. going wrong. <laughs> so uh, would you say that uh, coming to Germany... Um, got you any new perspectives on politics or is there, um, is there did your attitude towards uh, certain topics change or did they stay the same mm, uh, it's, a, it's a rather complicated question to be honest I'm sorry <laughs> no no it's okay because of course from a, from a civil war perspective and from a uh, previews of the dictatorship of Franco I think we also idealize a little bit what it was the anarchism and socialism in Catalonia and some parts of the of the resistance and we see that as a historical whatever mm. and and sometimes here you discuss so saying that you are a socialist in, 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 in Germany sometimes brings people to discuss with you about the, the GGR and the VDR or yeah. um or the situation with uh, the division of uh, the, the yeah. wall of Berlin and all of this. Um, I have changed my perspective of, uh, of the socialism itself, for example. Uh, no, to be honest, because I still believe that capitalism is brutally even worse than, than what happened in in certain places of the world. It's just better than covering things uh, somehow, or it's more globally extended, so you cannot point it uh, directly in that way. Um, this doesn't mean that I'm critical on, the, on certain ways of implementing stuff. Like, um, of course, when you talk with people who are living in the DDR and they explain you their stories and everything, you know, in the individual case and talking with them, mm. How I cannot say yes, uh, that was not about implementation on on your specific case and how you were treated. I mean, mm, I think I, I, something that I learned to do with other like other parts of of um, of politics, like being able to be empathic with uh, a woman, which is a position that I will never be able to to, or I could be 
but I, I'm, I'm not a, a person who is who is uh, non-binary, for example, or or who is uh, in a transgender situation or whatever. Um, this empathization I have been doing with a lot of places or roles that are not mine, and here maybe it was the first time that I start talking with people who really lived in a socialist environment and a socialist communist uh, environment and of course it brings you different perspectives and of course it, mm. it makes you adapt a little bit your th way of thinking but in a general rule I still believe that capitalism is much more dangerous in a long term way than implementing a proper socialism oh I couldn't have put it better <laughs> so I think we agree there um, even though I'm the host and I'm not obliged to have certain opinions, I think. On the <laughs> you can. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I'm replacing you at the moment, so I, I'm definitely the one who, who needs to have hard opinions. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, no, but that's really interesting. And I think if you come to Germany and um, if you know a little bit about the history of Germany, you of course, people know... Uh, the Third Reich and, and the Second World War, but uh, the division of the country afterwards, like in West and Eastern Germany, um, I'm, I think it's still really separating uh, people mm. till today. And um, the view on politics, I mean, just just go, uh, just talk to someone who uh, comes from the GDR. Um, I mean, it's... It wasn't all bad about that and there were some some things that were really really great about socialism mm. but yeah um but also there is so many really really yeah, i mean i mean yeah. where is the perspective always no like because if you go to the poorest neighborhoods of barcelona and mm. um, the, the main difference is that the people from the gdr right now will blame this the socialist system on that and nobody in the poorest neighborhoods of our cities are blaming capitalism for it. Yeah. And that's the main, the main problematic. That's we have a like, good point. It's interesting, yeah. That from a propaganda perspective, from whatever, nobody's pointing capitalism. Absolutely nobody. Uh, besides, of course, the anti-capitalist forces and whatever. But uh, from what perspective? From the perspective of having a good job, uh, being able to pay your flat, whatever. Or from the perspective of a guy in uh, Nigeria? I think it could be because I mean in socialism uh, the the government um, uh, organizes a lot and uh, yeah that, that's that's, kept, that's yeah. the dichotomy of socialism at the end because at the end um, in a in a socialism uh, the power should like really rely on on the on the people and not on their governor so yeah um, of course it's it's. Uh, It's a crazy idea. I heard the other day a, a crazy theory, which I liked also, like in terms of for establishing a socialism in terms of communism, we should, as a society, uh, pass through an anarchism. And I, and I, I find it interesting, at least uh, like from a, from a theoretical perspective. So to be able to destroy capitalism, you should pass through an anarchism to build something that is pure from inside. And, and, Yeah, I mean, main problem that we have, it's... Now I was going to be really catastrophic like humans, no? But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's education. It's this competitive mm -hmm. um, behavior of 
people to try to go into the direction of being better than the others. And this leads us that when you are in a position of power, majority of the humans tend to take that position of power and empower it a little bit more mm-hmm. instead of sharing that power. And that's the main problem. And a nice uh, car. <laughs> um, that's a position of power, having a horn. Um, <laughs> and always the loudest. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, what I was saying, it's it's sad. It's just sad that everyone, it's when I arrive to this uh, position of power, wants more and more and more. Mm. Like, not everyone, but a lot of people. And I, I really believe that this comes from education systems. And for example, this is something that I haven't seen changing from country to country is something that mm. extended with uh, the monetization, with the capitalism all over the world somehow. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm, I'm still not in favor of the marks in school, for example, which is something that, um, by the way, here in Germany, it was freaking uh, crazy for me because I remember one day my <laughs> girlfriend coming home and saying to me, I, I have a one point or 1.4 or whatever and I was like oh I'm really sorry for you (laughs) and she was telling me like yeah I don't know why you are sorry it's like 1.4 is a really bad mark you know like (laughs) it's a really bad result because our system of notes goes from 0 to to 10 being like approved it's a 5 yeah and here in Germany you go to from one to five being one the the best no <laughs> the best note okay well i just have to interrupt you here because i'm not really sure uh, what the listeners would say but i was thinking about you were talking about karl marx and not about mark and uh, marx uh, the marx ah, at, ah, at, at school and so i was like thinking okay now he's getting really into social uh, uh socialism no, no, no. Theory no. I, I, and, was, I was talking about... And Karl Marx <laughs> and Friedrich Engels and this no, would no, be no. about the Communist Manifesto. The Auslander like. is transformed <laughs> to the Socialist Manifesto here. So, no, no. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. So, I was yeah. talking about school. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> educational systems yes. here in Germany. Yeah. How it's turned around. So mm-hmm. one, it's the best mark. Yeah. Five, it's zero. Uh, five is a zero for us. You see how I, how yeah, I just yeah. say it. I see, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but what what I would say, and maybe we can conclude this this topic with a. Uh, I, I think capitalism has the the advantage that it's pretty close to the human nature in that sense that it's much easier to be selfish than to, um, yeah, give stuff away to help others which would be more of the socialist idea. Because you have been educated to. Maybe, maybe. And I, to be honest there, I really don't know if, if, uh, if there is scientific um, research on... Well, there yeah, will I be mean, so... so uh, it will be interesting topic. to see behaviors yeah. from a paleolithical in terms of yeah. that, for example. Yeah. But, um, well, you, you're completely right. I'm very sure that we are educated. And there you, you get with your, your Marx theory... Like a lot into that, and uh, yeah, I, I think I have to agree with you there. Mm. So, yeah, but um, I mean, how this this is this was exactly where I thought this conversation with you would go because um, with Mark it's always like this: we get into politics and we get into in sociology and sorry, stuff like no, I like it. Um, 
I don't know about the listeners, but I really do enjoy that. Anyway, but um, just to, to, to get the curve, the curve to become, well, that's the German here. Um, yes, I wanted to ask you about, um, maybe let's start with something positive now when we're coming from politics. Um, <laughs> what was the best moment that you had here in Germany so far? Best moment. I mean, I, I suppose I need to say the candy word to meeting Katrin. And, uh, oh, that's and beautiful. Lovely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as a specific moment itself, there is like multiple of them that I remember being great in mm. terms of like, Come on, like this is really cool. I remember the first time. By the way, was when I met Catherine. So we we had this Tinder date. And <laughs> oh, you met on Tinder? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, of course we met on Tinder. Actually, we met on Tinder in a train because uh, we didn't. It's crazy. Mm, we didn't understood each other properly, and mm. I told her let's meet in a train station, and she was saying to me, okay. And she was suddenly saying, I'm coming with this train which passes through your work. I will be yeah. in the last wagon of the train. And I was like, okay. And yeah, we literally met in the train, like inside the train. <laughs> so it's a really weird Tinder date because you cannot run away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but it's... Yeah, but it's, you need yeah. to wait until the, the person... <laughs> If, if, or you can just go to another part of the, uh, of yeah. the train. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Um, no, no, just kidding. Um, so, yeah, that Tinder day was the first time that I went to a um, Christmas market here in Germany. Oh. And, yeah, that's something that we don't have, like an extension of what it's here. And yeah, I took too much Glühwein, I think, but it was a good date. Uh, <laughs> the Glühwein problem. Uh, Glühwein is uh, like uh, hot wine with yeah. sugar and cinnamon, mainly, exactly. and lemon, no, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's um, dangerous. Then. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, from another perspective, like from a more generical point of view, positive part, and it's will go rather like in a, in, a, in a simple way let's say like this for the first time in my life in here I had the opportunity to save some money in terms of not being afraid of not arriving to the end of the month yeah. like of course when I was living with my parents that was not the case because they were supporting me and whatever but being independent and whatever the salary in Spain and the cost of life in Barcelona and Catalonia, it's rather high, at least in, in, in the big cities. And the salaries are really low. So I think one of the biggest advantages of being here has been definitely having a little bit more of breath, like in terms yeah. of not being that dependent on uh, if I arrive or not to the end. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think maybe that's also just a good reason to come to Germany, at least from Catalonia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any particular story that you find um, interesting that you would tell people who don't know nothing about Germany? 
Oof. About Germany, the thing is that. Oh, let's let's say moving to another country, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah no, it's it's not about that. It's more that um, Germany differs a lot from mm -hmm. one. Like it's it's like saying, um, "Tell me a story about India." Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever you know. I mean, it's not the same. It's exactly not the same, but. In, it happens a little bit like this in Germany also that the traditions and the ways of doing things differs quite a lot from one region to the other. Like, I've never considered Berlin being Germany, for example. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's another thing. Like, it, it's, it's, a a, it's a very different it's world. It's absolutely yeah. different thing. And the conception of Germany that the rest of Europe or the rest of world has is Bavaria. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And people doesn't dress like Bavarian people in Oktoberfest the whole year. Um, it's not like that, you know, like, I mean, I know that because I've been here before that, but there is a lot of people who expects that Germany it's Oktoberfest all over. And it, <laughs> and it's, a well, I mean, we're drinking beer right now, so don't yeah, forget about yeah, that. <laughs> you can drink beer everywhere in the world. The only difference is that in here, the beer quality is incredibly good and that you enter to a, kiosk that we call it like the small shops where you they sell tobacco and the whole complete walls are full of fridges full of beer so um it's in the first time it's rather impressing and the second time it's rather like okay what i should take i mean it's too much too many options like i'm, I'm okay with the normal mm. standard australia <laughs> so yeah. i don't need to think <laughs> which kind of beer i need to take because there is hundreds of things But coming back to the question, um, when it comes to an experience or a crazy thing, crazy or, or like, um, now it, it pops up to my mind, like one that, that we had together with Carlotta and Philip and Edo, who is also appearing before us. So the, the complete people who has passed through here, um, Frankfurt has a good tradition of finding bombs everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> and yeah, so it's it's rather funny, just like you're living somewhere and suddenly call you someone like the police or the fireworkers mm. out downstairs and saying we find a bomb. Like Yeah, just to explain that, um, the World War uh, bombs, there are some that have not detonated when they were supposed to. And uh, yeah, they're frequently found uh, uh, at construction sites, and uh, that usually means that people have to leave their homes until mm -hmm. those bombs are no longer harm. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mark, you're going down. I, I remember the the bomb in the river, one of these famous ones that were there like last year, I think. Yeah. And. I remember was walking through the river and I didn't even know because I didn't even arrive to the to the police place mm -hmm. and then they detonated the bomb and I saw the water going up and I was like, okay, what the hell is going on in this city, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was a quite hilarious moment. I mean, I have others, but I, I cannot relate right now, like sporadically. So we uh, did a short cut here because I made a pun that was so bad that we really had to stop. Um, Black humor. Yes, we came from beers over bombs and um, 
Yeah, now <laughs> we we and this is really interesting with Mark. It's a bit like you, uh, if you're doing uh, Wikipedia hopping, you just uh, go to one page and you uh, reading about a topic you find interesting, and you end up reading something about interstellar how to uh, prepare cocktails molotov uh, with bottles, or something bottles like that. of beer yeah oh yeah which is a combination of beer beer and bombs oh awesome. oh that's beautiful <laughs> yeah mark is really an artist when it comes to words cocktails molotov <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you've you've um while you were here um you've lived through the pandemic and um what i would really like to know mm-hmm. is um how would you have lived through it if you if it had been in Barcelona? Or do you think there were advantages the way Germany um, dealt with it or disadvantages? No, definitely there was advantages. First of all, the sanitary or the healthcare system here, um, it's prepared to deal with bigger things. In Spain, we suffered in Spain, Italy, the south of of Europe in general, like we we suffered what what we have been claiming for a long time, which is having a proper public uh, healthcare system, where well, we we saw it there, people not even able to have a bed, and people not even able to have mm. a room in the hospitals, all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> From a perspective of differentiation, uh, we have never been in a complete lockdown here in Germany. We had the night curve thingy, Mm -hmm. sure, but you can deal with it. Um, We need to remember that Barcelona and (coughs) Catalonia and Spain was in lockdown for months, like completely locked down. The only option that you had was going to the supermarket. So... Come on, in here, of course, the life changed. First perspective, work. You were used to go to, to the office uh, every day. Mm. Um, suddenly, you were not going at all, um, which I don't dislike either. I mean, it has advantages and disadvantages, let's say, like this. But I think it's also better from a perspective of doing the tasks at home or um, from a familiar versus uh, work life um, especially from my first job here in Germany where I have a commuting time of 40, 40 minutes to go and 40 minutes back it, at the end you don't think about it but you are losing like a, an hour and a half of your life just mm-hmm. in a train Yeah. Um, which I also used to write stand-up comedy something that I lost a little bit now um, because of that so yeah, mm. I think I, I, I've been lucky in comparison of um, being in Barcelona, first of all, because it hasn't hit that hard as it hit it on the first wave in there. It's true that here in Germany, the second wave has been ha- rather hard also compared mm-hmm. to Spain, for example, or Catalonia. Um in the other hand, absolutely, like um, life changed in terms of um, what you used to do, going to a bar. Now you go to some friend's place. And even um, that wasn't allowed in most cases, actually. It was. I mean, yeah, we were just like two households all the time. Um, in in my case, I was either coming to your place or Carlotta's place, meaning two yeah. households and. 
like doing that and that's all i mean with you i had the only bar feelings that i had in all, all <laughs> from all the time from, uh, from last autumn until i, th- I went did they open again? I think in May, April, May, something around like that. No, that, that no, 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 no. Opening the the, the bars. bars. Yeah. No. When was that? No, no, that was like June. June. Yeah. Are they, I, June, it, July. It, it's really weird because now everything feels like it's normal again, more or less. Yeah, that was the main difference. I mean, I think from the beginning of this year in in Barcelona, they were opening at least a terrace outside, mm. and everything, which is something that in February you cannot do here, of course, because nobody. Well, actually, I suppose somebody will be. Yeah, I mean, you can just wear a jacket. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, but in any case, um, the perspective of um, yeah being like in in a in a pandemic situation, I think speaking with my parents and of course I was not there, so I cannot hundred percent compare uh, was worse in, in Barcelona in mm. here. Yeah. Yeah. Also what you told me, yeah, I, I really much uh, prefer to be here in Germany to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough topic. Um, and also a very extraordinary situation. Uh, I mean, I've never lived abroad uh, for a longer, mm. uh, for a longer time. So, I think having such an uh, yeah, out of the usual situation in a different country, I think that, that is quite, uh, yeah, quite a hard thing. I mean, to go through. You need to consider that I was not alone. Like yeah. I think that for people who were like hundred percent alone, like having a single flat or whatever, not even having flatmates, not uh, not having a partner, hmm. because yes, of course, I miss my parents and I miss my friends in Barcelona during over this year, a little bit more than a year that I didn't go back and I didn't see them, um, but. I had Catherine here, I had uh, parents from Catherine, I had uh, Philip, the brother of Catherine. So at least I had a family in there, you know, like yeah. even if it's not your parents, I had someone who could support me if something happened. So it felt much more safe than yeah. being 100% alone. So the different, main difference for me would be that if it COVID who would have come on the first 10 months that I was here before meeting, meeting with uh, Catherine and starting uh, dating and everything. I suppose it would have been much, much harder because I was not having anyone who make this uh, support or yeah. feeling of being there. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you. Um, do you plan on going back to Catalonia? Well, now you're going to Athens first, so that's another big step. But is there any plan that, or is that the wish to do live back from uh, where you came from? Actually, actually, that's a discussion that we have commonly with Catherine. And yes, at some point of our life, we think that it might fit in our lifestyle to be there, but. I suppose there will be in a step in between. I mean, now there is Greece in there, um, which would be for three or plus whatever years that we want to stay in Greece, Athens. 
but we also have quite clear that it will be nice to go out of Europe at some point of time and it's something that I've really considered and we both have considered you know in a way before like having any big decisions in terms of like I don't know as a couple having kids or or anything yeah um but once this uh period of one year two years three years whatever it's done uh, in terms of uh, living outside of Europe which is I think a rather nice thing to do in terms of a personal experience let's say like this mm, yeah definitely it's it's a it's an option it's a it's a quite of a big option to to go back to Barcelona I see. okay let's have a short break and get ourselves some new beers mm-hmm. because we're both going dry and yeah we'll be back in a minute yes back with two beers with some new Estrella Dam from Barcelona from August Konsman Dam okay <laughs> August Konsman Dam ah. all the all the Catalan beers actually are, are German it's German that's, that's by the way the cat one of the cats This is Mestral going berserk. Uh, uh, no, there is a fly, so they always go crazy with it. Yeah. Um, Estrella Dam actually comes, uh, and also Moritz, which is the other Catalan beer. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who created them are Germans. So it's it's a good beer because some German was involved in it. <laughs> yeah, well, in that sense, Prost. Prost. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, it's a damn good beer. It's a damn, damn good yeah, beer. So nice, nice. Okay, uh, re, we are, we are. Re, 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 yeah, <laughs> uh, at the lane puns again. Um, but we are not cutting this one out. No, yeah. of course not. No. <laughs> we are not. Okay, so speaking of disasters. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh. Cuts running. <laughs> Cuts running, yeah. Cuts running. Around. So, uh, yeah, speaking of disasters. Um, What was the worst experience that you had coming here to Germany? Yeah, I mean, I have one clear experience and I will avoid names. So I will call Mr. M, the bastard. Um, (laughs) I am saying this because absolutely everyone who knows uh, me Yeah, personally will know which story I will talk about it and will recognize Mr. M the bastard um, um, I switched three times of flat here in Germany mm-hmm. in Frankfurt first time I was sharing a flat with Alex which uh, I suppose we will record an episode at some point of time um, a really good friend and, and flatmate at that point of time mm. So we switched flat from that flat in in Bockenheim here in Frankfurt to a new one because they were changing the contract on that other old flat. So we were just needing to, yeah, we decided to go for a biggest flat. So it was a little bit better distributed, taking advantage of the, the flat contract of the first one was only one year. So, um, yeah, when when it was time to renew we'd just say no and on the second flat uh, what happened is that then I met Catherine Alex went back to Barcelona so I was renting the other room as a sub rental 
to another person working in the same company that I was working. Mm. Uh, but at some point of time with Catherine, we decided to go to live together. Mm-hmm. So mm, we searched for a flat and then what happened, it's mainly that there was a clausel in the contract, like in a small letter thingy on typography eight in German down there saying that I could not quit that flat. So because of the kind of bureaucracy in there, uh, I'm still in, in loyal requirements with this person and I'm in court because uh, he tried to stole money from us in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the money that it was going to send back. So he was including bills of things that never happened uh, for the deposit of the flat. And what I'm explaining this is because from a jurisdictional perspective of the law in Germany, the protection will always go to the tenant of the flat, like to the owner. Mm. And I really felt felt really desperated. I mean, it's not just to tell like, fuck, this happened and I, I, I really remember it as a bad memory, but um, be careful with contracts. Mm. So uh, ask ask for yeah, yeah that's a big recommendation be careful yeah. with contracts ask for a official translation of that contract mm. before signing anything it's a legal requirement in germany to provide contracts to the people who doesn't speak german in english so okay. you can ask that know it um be careful with what you sign because then you can they can fuck you up. And most of the times, in terms of legal representative perspective, the owner of the contract, like whoever is owning the property, the car, whatever you're buying or renting or whatever, has the biggest advantage on, on that position. Okay. So, yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. Um, and it's, again, a little bit of the, the capitalist thingy. As you got those who own are mostly in advantage, and yes. I totally get you. So yeah, we we take this ad- advice uh, for people who come to Germany, read your contact uh, contracts, and make sure that you get a translation because the German language is complicated. In, in, exactly, even for Germans when it comes to contracts. So let that be told you by a German <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean legal requirements are all complex always like yeah. um, in Catalan we, we have this uh, saying um, we all all of us speak Catalan but the, the lawyers that they speak a different language because all the <laughs> yeah it's what it is I mean when it comes to, to legal uh, writing nobody understands anything so just just a small recommendation mm. I mean, in that case, we did the, the bad choice of signing that in a hurry and yeah. whatever, and it cost money. Mm, whatever, it's money and that's all. It's not a big thing, but I remember it in a special agony and in an especially bad situation because I, I was felt like really, really important in the, in the situation of not mm. being able to do absolutely anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, may, that makes a lot of sense. Well, this actually guides me to one of my last two questions. Um, and I think that's uh, a really important question for the listeners. Um, what are your recommendations for people who might consider 
moving to Germany? Yeah, I mean, that's a really complex one because it really depends on your situation. Um, if you already have a country, if you don't, if uh, you're coming here um, like alone, you already know someone in there. Um, big recommendation from my side here for, for coming in Germany would be just don't use the stigmas that you have in your mind for German people because most of the times are not real. Like people, it's not right. People, it will never reject you because of approaching them. Um, be yourself, like keep it, uh, it sounds a little bit like hippie in this kind of sense, but um, <laughs> what I mean, it's just like, If you're coming from a country like South European, Italy, um, Spain, Catalonia, uh, all these places, my own experience here in Frankfurt, at least, and in Germany, it's that the people, the German people, it's not the stigma that we get of cold persons and um, strict in mentality persons. Um, you will find people like this absolutely everywhere. So... My biggest recommendation is get rid of the stigmas before arriving here. That's really nicely put. And, well, if you're looking for colder people, colder Germans, go to the north. Um, yeah, well, that's this also is also, also, it's also, that's not, also true. not true. It's also a stigma. And, um, I mean, it's always, <laughs> like same, it's, it's always like the same. Yeah. Most probably, if you're a person who doesn't speak German, you will survive better in a big city. Than in a mm, town, but it's yeah. absolutely normal, and this doesn't happen only in Germany. It happens absolutely everywhere mm. because cultural, because of uh, traditions, because of language, because of whatever. It intensifies much more in the countryside than in the bigger cities. What I'm just saying here: no matter where you are going into Germany, get rid of the prejudices that you have in your mind on that, because as absolutely everywhere in the world. People, it's not following an exact pattern of being called or strict or anything. That's institutions, not people. Beautifully said. I couldn't have said it any better. Um, yes. So, I mean, I know uh, I wanted to ask a, uh, another question for the last one. So I put this one as the penultimate. Um, <laughs> when it comes to interesting persons that you've met... Um, I would like you to put well some of the most interesting persons you don't have to uh, to call names but mm -hmm. um, and compare the Catalonian one and the German one so just with that we can maybe just juxtapose those two. In interesting person in terms of a single person yeah. in the same situation or yeah well um, it's up to you what, what you um find most interesting to tell I think I would I would go for something that um, it's always interesting for me and I, I rather do from time to time and it's talking about the homeless people mm -hmm. um, I met uh, Luca a guy in Barcelona who was a homeless guy from Italy close by um, to my university and this guy was super interesting for me 
when I was there because he chose to be in the streets mm -hmm. because he came from Italy as an anarchist uh, who believed that if there is people living in the streets, he wants to live among them to be equal to the lowest position in the society. From his words, eh? I mean, I'm not interpreting anything. Um, and he explained to me that he switched from Italy to uh, coming to Barcelona because the conditions of the showers and the hostels that, uh, um, that he could take from time to time are much better than, than in Italy. Um, in contraposition of that, I would, I would talk about uh, Azi, which is a, a homeless who is uh, normally standing around a good kiosk mm. here in Frankfurt. And um, he, he, he's an engineer in, 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 uh, in, in like studies, industrial engineer um, from Kurdistan. And he's in the streets because he's in the buckle that also happens in Barcelona. I just put two different persons that I've talked more than one at a time. Um, he enters into the buckle. If you don't have job, you don't get the papers. If you mm. don't have papers, you don't get the job, which yeah. is an infinite thingy. And I totally reclaim from, from the advantage of having a microphone in here right now. Like, this is bullshit. Uh, what the fuck? Like, we are creating a buckle with the immigrant people and the refugees that are arriving. If they don't have a job, they cannot get a certificate for living here. If they don't have a certificate, they cannot get a job. Mm. So we are closing them to do jobs that are not illegal, uh, legally binded. So what the fuck you expect from these people? Yeah, that's and I and I use that to pick, come back to the political point, maybe. Yeah. But Let's um, do that. I think I. I because, I mean, of course, I can compare university co colleagues from there and here, but or people who I know from work and there and there. But I think from these guys, I learned more than lifestyle, or they give me a different perspective. Yeah. Would you tell a bit more about um, uh, the the German or the Kurdistan uh, homeless? Because I would like to know what what he taught you. In the end. Yeah, of course. Um, so he came on the first um, time alone. Um, the family ended in France, mm -hmm. meaning what uh, he tried to do is uh, collecting bottles, which is something that for the rest of the people in here, uh, listeners doesn't know, like a German system of collecting um Bottles, it's mainly based by what it's called fund, which means you can get uh, some cents back. It's a bit like a deposit for every exactly. bottle. Yeah. So you pay a little bit more when you buy a six pack of beer, for example, and then you get back this money when you return the bottle, which is absolutely incredible compared on throwing that into a container and smashing it to produce new bottles, for example. Mm -hmm. um, um, and he mainly picks up bottles in the on the streets mm -hmm. to collect some money and save for eating and living, um, getting a shower from time to time. Um, we were discussing because I, I just talk about the system uh, which is not existing in, in, in Spain, for example, about the social houses in terms of everyone who doesn't have a house in Germany with uh, 
Germany's citizenship gets a house. Most standard, like most of them, let's say like this. In Spain, that's, that doesn't exist. Like in okay. a concept of that, the protection of uh, the right of a house yeah, doesn't exist. housing, yeah. Doesn't exist. Mm, yeah. Um, and he told me, yes, that exists for the for the Germans, mm. but not for the yeah. people. I mean, when you are here in Frankfurt and he made me reflect about that, how many people who you see collecting bottles in the street to get cents are German citizens? That's a good question. I, uh, I would say at least 50% of them are not, but maybe even more. Much more, I think. Uh, Much more. But yeah, it, it, it's. I think it's it's a huge problem and we need maybe to address that a bit more definitely well uh, well because it is really hard if you if you don't have the, the proper papers you won't get anything mm -hmm. I think exactly. there's this Asterix movie or, or film yeah. I don't know if you've seen that um, uh, where they need to go to um, to an administration office and just to get that one paper the, this paper A38 and And it's super complicated, and it's just like that in Germany. Well, that's yeah. a good example of German bureaucracy, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Marx, the brother Marx, and Marx Brothers, like the the filmmakers. I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, the comedians, they they have this one where they are all the time saying the contract of the contract, where the contract of the contract <laughs> and the appliance of the contract, it's applying to the contract yeah. of the contract of the first contract. And... This is exactly what yeah. we were talking about, uh, legal vocabulary plus whatever. And, exactly. th and this is the buckle where they enter. And now take talking about this, for example, in Barcelona, I learned about that yeah. because of uh, an initiative that it's called Top Manta. Mm -hmm. For all the people who has been in Barcelona, they know what Top Manta is or who has lived in Barcelona. It's the mainly African persons who... Uh, have these blankets on the floor in La Ramblas or Plaza Catalunya to the touristic spots with fake replicas of uh, clothes and everything and talking with them and after knowing their experience and everything, all of them are trapped in the same system. Mm. Absolutely all of them. Like the top month of people who are now associated with Nilo Brand, by the way, incredible brand in terms of like clothes and everything. If you go to Barcelona, search for Top Manta, they are in Robal. They make a combination between um, African style plus uh, normal like uh, European t-shirts. Really, really good recommendation in there. Um, they are all, absolutely all of them trapped into that system. I cannot get a job if I don't have the Spanish citizenship. I don't have the mm permit to work here yeah. I cannot get the citizenship or the residence uh, if I don't have a job yeah. so all of them are trapped in this because it's a dichotomy it's, it's absolutely like I cannot do anything, if I don't have a job I don't get the permit to live here, if I don't have the job I don't get the permit to live here so what I should be doing it's really horrible the get, get married with an inconvenience with a convenience thingy yes it's it's, it's it sounds like mm. strange and it sounds like whatever but of course like well it's it's, it's once again uh, all over what we had a uh, hundred or two hundred years ago where um you got multiple classes of 
of human beings and some have rice and others don't yeah, and um, it is just it's just different names for it and so yeah I completely get where you're coming from and I mean hopefully we will get to a certain point where we got fundamental rights I mean we already have hum- human rights they call it like that but if you if you take a close look at it it is if yeah. someone follows them yeah it is because the first ones who should be following the the human rights are not following them which are the institutions and the governments and um, and and a person who is in the street <laughs> you can request to a person to follow the human rights to be As honest a, yeah I, I see that if we would just go on like this for hours, we would get like yeah. into really, really deep talk here. And I think we would lose about 80% of the listeners, but the 20% that would stay there would get into really, really yeah, deep we shit. Yeah, we need to start another yeah. podcast. I think. I, we definitely need to. But um, just to round this off, and this is a really, really harsh uh, <laughs> change in topics now. Um, the very last question that I have for you before we uh, finish this recording um is there any project that you're working on that you would like to promote mm-hmm. uh on uh, this beautiful beautiful podcast yeah. so yeah actually i don't only have one i i have three okay um, let's go first of all i have already talked about top manta barcelona uh the Guys who are a syndicate in the streets of Barcelona now have uh, their own clothes branding and initiative and um, style. Even I would say style, it's which is incredible. It's not the typical clothes guys go there. If you are around Barcelona, they all also have like a online shop. Um, support the people who is immigrant and in other countries. Uh, so definitely Top Manta Barcelona, it's one of them. The second, it's uh, La Das Brusada Taller. Uh, I will put all of this in the, or we will put all of this in the description. I just want to description. Ask, yes, we need a description for that one. Because um, I did not hear, can you say it again, it was yes, so fast. That's La Das Brusada Taller, it's a Catalan name. Um which is an incredible girl behind in unique jewelry, um, rings, uh, necklace, whatever you want. She's incredible. Like uh, She's really, really good in what she's doing. She's experienced on creating uh, jewelry out of um, unique experience. So you can go there with a story and an object that you have and she will transform it in something uh, specific for you, unique, uh, something that it's can you give uh, an example yeah just imagine that you um you have uh, been with your partner in whatever in the wall and you have uh, found a really nice stone mm-hmm. um you keep that stone and instead of keeping that stone in your bathroom which is typical <laughs> um you take that stone to her and she transforms it to a necklace for you nice um and the way of procedure is that you contact her and you explain why you're bringing that, what's the story behind mm-hmm. that object, or even if there is no object, you can also explain the story, and she will try to create a, a necklace, a earrings, um, like rings, absolutely any kind of jewelry for you. 
Um, and yeah, that's my second recommendation. Really, really nice. I yes. need to have to. I really, really have to look into that. That sounds wonderful. Besides, she's a great artist in other things like um, print and, and illustration and everything. So, so take a look at that. Uh, just go to YouTube if it you are on Spotify and on the other platforms where I cannot post the the recommendations in there. And you want to check the Instagram of this person. Um, I'm pretty sure that you will find really cool things. And the third, but not for that, the less important, of course, in an especially like today, I need to recommend Frank Albersman. Oh my God. <laughs> um, the guest, non-guest host of today's episode. Um, perfect musician, incredible musician, I would say. And even better singing teacher um yeah just at this point of time of when it's released uh, he will already have a, a website which is frankalbersman.com you will also have the links over there guys if you whatever you are in the world you consider starting singing lessons in this life i'm doing that and i'm recommended from the deepest of my heart like this is incredible with this guy he is a great teacher so i would say that's my third recommendation and i would say thank you from from that side oh man i'm starting to cry now this is damn man that hit me hard um yeah by the way the the website that mark just mentioned uh, he's the designer of this very website and um yeah so i i can, can just give back all all the beautiful lovely words uh, Mark is one of, my, well, maybe my favorite students. <laughs> um, not only because of the beers after every session that we have, but also because it is so much fun to work with him. Such a lovely person. And I'm really, really, really glad that you found the way to Germany, that you happened to fall in love with Katrin, who used to study with me. And that's mm. actually the connection that the two of us have. Yes. Um, they uh, actually came to one of my uh, concerts here in Frankfurt um, in 2019. And uh, from then on, it was a love story between Mark and me mm. uh, with a lot of alcohol, <laughs> uh, a lot of, <laughs> of singing, course. a lot of music and uh, so many political discussions. And I really hope that you could get a glimpse of what Mark and I used to have for the past almost two years. It's one and a half years, a bit more. Um, and we, ha we had that like almost every week. And I will miss it so much when you're going to Athens. You have no idea. And I really, really hope that, well, if the, the pandemic has one positive thing, then, then it is that it got us much closer yeah. through the internet together. And I hope we will just keep it like this and maybe we'll have the drinks and the discussions with the webcam and the microphone we will okay. um, I think we need to record the second episode of this um, once I can explain a little bit more of Chris so we will do the same format uh, stay tuned on it um, so I think reverting the order again as a host of <laughs> and taking advantage of being here um, for the music 
for the political discussions, and especially for beer. Prost, Frank. Prost, Mark. Till the next time. <laughs>